or three, or four, but five, force five. Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I challenge my guests to come up with a movie-themed five list, and then we discuss those lists on air. I'm your host, Kleberg, and today I've got two guests, the hosts of the football podcast, JJ Talks. We've got Josh and Jonah. How's it going, guys? It's pretty good. Yeah, going good. Glad to be here. Well, hey, tell us a little bit about you, um, like who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you do. Well, I'm Josh. And I'm from Alabama. Uh, I'm a Navy vet. I was in for six years. I've been out for a year and a half now. And in the meantime, I've just been bullshitting pretty much. <laughs> uh, I started doing some long work just to get some extra money. But uh, I'll be exercising my GI Bill this fall to go into sports broadcasting. And uh, I'm Jonah. I'm from the same hometown as Josh. I'm currently in college. We're going to be a music ed major. And just doing this podcast with Josh to talk some sports, kind of do the thing that we love the most together so yeah that's about it so jj talks podcast obviously i said it was a football podcast um and you'll get a chance to talk more about it later but but kind of give us an intro like why should people switch from this podcast right this second and go listen to yours because we're actually providing good nfl content during the off season while no one else is Uh, all of the you know your main shows are just debate shows and forced talking points that don't really have any kind of nuance or anything and we provide like an actual fan perspective and somewhat analyst perspective, you know, you know, being the professional fans that we are. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just, if you give us uh, something new and uh, not a lot of people are doing it. Cool. And you're both Atlanta Falcons fans. Correct. Yep. Rise up. Disappointment fan. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan on the baseball side, so I know how that goes. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. And my son will be because I'm breeding him to be one too. So he'll just no disappointment. <laughs> you got to get him early. Yeah, exactly. Not to put you on the spot, but give me your, okay, let's say COVID didn't exist. Like pre-COVID Super Bowl prediction, who would you have for this upcoming season for Super Bowl champs? I had the Colts. Ooh, the Colts. Okay. I um, would probably still stick given that we have a football season my champs are the seahawks all right yeah they just had a good pickup yeah we'll see how that works out giving away all your future for a star that you, who you may or may not be able to pay yeah it made me feel a lot better about the minka fitzpatrick pickup by the steelers because they got somebody <laughs> awesome for <laughs> not as much yeah but they, they never really draft well anyways so i mean it's not like they're going to do anything much of it Kind of going with the theme of sports, our top five list today, our five list is going to be sports movies. So five awesome sports movies. I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about that. Uh, But before we get to that, let's talk about what we have been watching. Um, I've got something that I've been watching throughout this week while I was working, and it's the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. My hope is that there is somebody that's out there that knows the truth. Give us a little help. That's what we're asking for. I kept saying there is something bigger. I'm going to find out. We may have something more sinister going on. All these years, we never spoke of it. It just doesn't make sense. Ça me ça a été un choc. Ce que je ressens, c'est il y a quelque chose de grave qui s'est passé. 
I just can't forget about it. I won't forget about it. I would have never let her go. I think they were probably taken by people who were desperate. I have no memory of the lost time. I saw a lot of lights. All of a sudden, everything erupted loudly. I get goosebumps thinking about it. This case needs to stay open. It should have never closed. I know something happened to him. I know somebody did something to him. What were they hoping to accomplish? I'm here because I think there's hope. I really do. If you know something, please come out. Uh, did you watch the show when it was on TV, like during the 90s? I probably did. I, like My mom is a cop, and we, we used to watch all the crime shows. I mean, you know, there was that span where it was like every week it was like a new CSI episode or whatever. And then whenever that wasn't playing, it was Unsolved Mysteries or well, Without a Trace, you know, stuff like that. So it, it probably like slipped in and I just didn't really recognize it. Yeah, I've watched it in passing because my mom watched it. So sometimes I'd watch it with her, but it's been a while. The 90s one really freaked me out. Just the music itself gave me goosebumps. And then you had Robert Stack as the host who was, he could be really, he could come off really creepy. I got to tell you, there were so many nights where I'd watch that at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night as a kid and then go to bed, just scared shitless. Uh, That one was old, kind of like it had a mix of different stories each episode. This new one is more a one story for each episode. So it's more in line with Netflix, other crime documentary series, uh, but it's really good. The, the first episode I think is the best one. Uh, there's one about a UFO that I found least interesting, but the rest are all based on crime. And it seems like they're doing some good. They've actually exhumed a body based on the evidence that was found during the show and they're researching Ooh. it further now. So yeah, hopefully oh, they wow. can, close that case. And it's good that they are, um, you know, doing documentary series that are getting things done in the real world. Is it that same team that did the how to make a murder? It's done in the same style, but it's as far as I know, it's a different team. Okay. It's good stuff. It's still got the original creepy ass music. So like when it first hit on my TV, even now, you know, as an older guy, like still gave me goosebumps. So it's good to see. (laughs) So that's Unsolved Mysteries. You can find that on Netflix right now. There's only six episodes for the first season. So, you know, it's not going to take you a whole lot of time to run through that. But yeah, definitely something that we'll leave you talking afterwards. So they're just testing the waters then just to see how it goes out. Yeah, I think so. And you can tell the production value is pretty high, too. So I'm sure that it, it doesn't. I'm sure it costs a lot more than the older episodes did to make. They actually go out to the locations and it's not these real low budget reenactments that the original had. So I can definitely see that the money is well spent, even for just the six episodes. Um, Let's kick it over to Josh. What you been watching, Josh? Well, my girlfriend and I actually just watched Poltergeist. The house looks just like the one next to it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky. With their three children. <laughs> and something more. Uh, we were going through my little DVD stack, and we were trying to find stuff that uh, she hadn't seen yet, and that was one of them. And... We watched it the other night, and uh, I'm actually surprised at how well it actually really, really holds up. I mean, obviously, the CG doesn't, you know, with the little effects come out the closet, 
like all the practical stuff and uh, the actual poltergeist stuff, like moving the the objects around the room and everything. It looks, it still looks great. Still terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I remember watching it when I was younger with my my older sister, and I was like, uh, no dolls, no clown dolls ever. And I never watched Chucky because of it, and I never liked any like puppet shows or anything. I was just like. I'm going to hold off on that for a while. Yeah. It's weird how like in the eighties, those weird clowns just seemed to be like, okay, as decor, it was just kind of like accepted. And now you see clowns in anybody's house. You're like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's actually like some sort of like theory on that. Like, uh, uh, back in playwright times, a lot of the, the villains or the, the treacherous stuff was always in the form of like the jester or the jester like in the court of the king or whatever. And th- they were always the ones that were used in plot twist and just, just anything evil. And there's a theory that that possibly played into uh, everyone's like unformed fear of clowns and any kind of like jester like things like that. Um, that one directed by Toby Hooper, but I think that the rumor is like Steven Spielberg basically directed that movie. He's just not credited for it, which is probably why it holds up so well. Probably. And it's actually kind of surprised it actually like still worked because uh, there was a lot of like reports of like actual paranormal phenomena going on. And a handful of the, of the people of the cast actually passed away like within a year of this being released. Maybe they could do an Unsolved Mysteries episode on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, is and you said you watched this on uh, DVD or Blu-ray. I wonder if this is. It looks like it's actually streaming on Netflix right now too. So if you want to revisit Poltergeist, Netflix is the way to go. Um, I've been rewatching an old TV show that came out in two thousand one. Don't know if y'all have heard of it. Twenty four. We have reason to believe that by the end of the day, an attempt will be made on David Palmer's life. An international crisis is about to explode. First African-American with a real shot at the White House. And counterterrorism expert Jack Bauer will have just 24 hours to stop it. If Palmer gets hit, he'll tear this country apart. Now, every second is crucial. There may be an element inside the agency involved with a hit on Palmer. Every minute counts. You're going to blackmail a district director? He's got information that I need. And every hour... Don't trust anybody. ...the danger grows. Not even your own people. This fall... Find a shooter, Jack. Fox presents Kiefer Sutherland in a groundbreaking new series. An entire season of television... Who's the source? ...devoted to one... You have no idea what you're getting yourself into here. Unforgettable... You've got five seconds. ...day... With oh yeah hey <laughs> yeah i love that shows one that me and my dad used to watch for a while and we actually just recently got back from the beach and we found out that on hulu it has the like every season of it um so me and my dad have been re-watching it and it's been cool just going back to like a show that came out in 2001 but it i mean graphically it looks great like the action scenes look great so yeah, it's just been a nice trip down memory lane. Yeah, 24 is one of those shows that kind of started the golden era of TV. And instead of having people g- jump from TV to movies, people started jumping from movies to TV. And Kiefer Sutherland was one of the first ones to do that. Yeah, and I just always loved the concept of the show. Like even outside of the main story of like Jack Bauer and like what he does for the government. 
but just the fact that like the show is called 24 and an entire season is just a 24 hour period um how realistic some of these events occur in just an hour for each episode is you know beyond me but i just think it's a really cool concept that i think they pulled off very well yeah it's a great show um and you said you can find every season on hulu so yeah go catch up on some jack bauer activities there cool well let's get to our list we picked five great sports movies so i'm kind of interested in like your mindset going into this list so did you like exclude any sports what was your mindset when you were trying to come up with your five for your list point blank just trying to like find something that would uh mesh our uh our two shows together all right cool and then uh jonah did you did you have any that like any sports that you left off on purpose or any kind of order that you had going in um i tried to keep as open mind in terms of like different sports as i could and when we get to my number one it's probably a sport that not many people would think off the top of their head yeah, it was just interesting trying to find five because I started thinking about like, okay, I know baseball movies and I know football movies, but then you got all these other sports. It's like, wow, there's a lot of good movies out there. So coming up with my top five was kind of hard. Yeah, I found that narrowing it down was really hard. And I kind of did my list the same way you did. I I wanted to get different sports. So each of my picks is a different sport. Like if you look at just baseball movies alone, I could have done a top five list off baseball movies alone. Um, and then I I chose to exclude movies that didn't center around the sport. So there are a ton of movies that have sports as kind of like a backdrop. Uh, Uncut Gems, for example, which has basketball and a Celtics game as the backdrop, but it wasn't really like the main theme. So those kind of movies I chose to keep off. But I could have done a five list just on those alone. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I thought it was kind of hard because when I was like initially like thinking of the movies, I was like, you know, what? I haven't really seen a lot of sports movies, at least not recently at all, but then uh, going through just a bunch of like lists and glossaries, I was like, you know what? This ain't so bad. There's a lot to choose from more, more than I thought. My first pick, let's see, what do I want to start with? I guess since you're a football podcast, I will start with my football movie that's on my list. It's from the year 2000 and it's called Remember the Titans. You smiling. Why are you smiling? Football's fun. You think football is fun? Yes. No. No. Certainly. Uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Zero fun, sir. All right. Coach Boone's school board made the decision to put you on my staff. I did not hire you. Well, I came up here to coach you. I didn't ask to be assigned to your staff, so I guess we're both in a situation we don't want to be in. Hey, if the game will play like that, we'll lose every game. But I can guarantee you this, Coach. I come to win. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Get up, boy, get up, get up, get up. We're still weak on the left side. We're not weak on the left side. It's not the problem. What is the problem? I don't need you up on my face all the time. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. I want you to tell me something about one of your teammates. I'm rooming with Blue, sir. He wears those leopard-spotted underwears, bikini style, sir. Okay, maybe somebody who's not your roommate. Each one of you will spend time every day with a different teammate. Starring Denzel Washington, Will Patton, Wood Harris, who most people would know as Avon Barksdale from The Wire. You got Donald Faison, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Hurst, and Hayden Pantieri. 
this is the true story of uh, an African-American coach who gets hired for a high school football team. And it kind of goes through their first season as a racially integrated unit. Um, it's a Disney movie, right? So it's it's a feel good movie. It's got an ending that's probably going to make you cheer um, no matter who wins that big game as they, you know, barrel towards the end of the season. But man, this is just such a great movie. Um, Denzel, always great uh, as Coach Boone, but Will Patton as Coach Yost, I think, puts on an equally great performance. And then the kids, just as they kind of the interplay between the kids in this racially charged environment, to me, is um, it's just outstanding. And it's a movie that, with everything that's going on in the world today, is still relevant. So. Um, even 20 years later, I think Remember the Titans is it's my favorite football movie of all time. And on my honorable mentions list, I do have some other football movies. But um, yeah, they just couldn't make the cut over Remember the Titans. All right. Well, my number five is a, a recent sports movie. But uh, yeah, it's kind of like what you said. It's about the sport for the most part and not actually like playing the sport. It's Moneyball. There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. That's a dollar, man. What? Welcome to Oakland. I need more money. We're not New York. Find players with the money that we do have. I like Perez. Got an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. You guys are talking the same old nonsense. Like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Who's Fabio? Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Who are you? I'm Peter Brand. First job in baseball? It's my first job anywhere. We're going to shake things up. Why don't you walk me through the board? I believe there's a championship team that we could afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We want you at first base. I've only ever played catcher. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. He can't throw. But what can he do? You want me to speak? When I point at you yet. He gets on base. We are card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. I'm heading in. Text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the games. I personally, I just think this is probably the best written sports movie. And if you told me that, uh, and I'm not really interested in baseball that much, but if you told me that, uh, hey, Josh, you're going to love this movie that's about baseball, but it's just about the stats of it, I would have laughed at you. Like, there's no way. But uh, Sorkin, who wrote the screenplay, uh, made it work. He's a fantastic writer. And I found myself really caring for what happened. And I, and I do remember whenever the, the athletics were actually going through this time span. And I remember about the winning streak, but didn't know anything behind the scenes of it and going through that experience again, actually like learning what all happened. It was, it was great. Yeah. Moneyball's Moneyball was a big release over here. I'm like 30 minutes outside of Oakland. So all that stuff happening was like, yeah, it was when that streak was going on, everybody's going crazy. And just to see that on screen, like you said, an amazingly written movie. Um, that was, it was great. And, uh, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean was, um, was awesome yeah you know i don't have an idea what billy bean looks like but uh maybe brad pitt looks something like him he looks nothing like him to be honest (laughs) (laughs) the the biggest surprise for me was probably jonah hill and he got a a nomination for this for supporting actor and he did a great job this was his first big 
dramatic role. I mean, I say dramatic. It was not really dramatic, but his first big role that wasn't just a R-rated comedy, pretty much. And he did well with it. Yeah, and you also have um, Chris Pratt in there, too, right, as uh, Scott Hatterberg. So, I mean, it's got a really good cast. All right, uh, my number five is Draft Day. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team. You're the general manager. You can fix it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny. Every year, someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal. Let's talk about the draft. I need you to make a splash, Sonny. If you can't do it, then I have to do it. Just to be clear here, you're threatening to fire me, right? Your job is to coach a team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They win a lot. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? There's a few reasons that I really like this movie. Um, one is Kevin Costner is one of my more favorite actors. Um, I've just seen him in a lot of movies that I really like, so maybe that's why I tie it to him being one of my favorite actors. But, you know, so shout out to Kevin Costner. Um, but also, I'm with, like, my football mind, and you can even ask Josh this, I really like drafting. I like the draft. I like analyzing the draft um, for football and even other sports, baseball and the NBA. And so this movie, putting it entirely in this perspective of uh, Kevin Costner's character, Sony Weaver Jr. being the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, it was really spiked my interest of, wow, so this is what it's kind of like managing a football team and having to make all these, you know, trades with other teams. And it also showed the more personal factor of, you know, his wife is pregnant and the team wants him fired. And so it was just a really interesting perspective on football that I hadn't really seen. And it really helped me kind of appreciate it a little bit more. This is one that I have not yet seen, um, mostly because it's about the Browns. <laughs> I'm a, as a Steelers <laughs> fan, it's like, uh, do I want to spend an hour and a half with the Browns management team? <laughs> but you know, if you say it's if if you say it's worth it, and I do like Kevin Costner, maybe one day I will sit down and give this one a chance. You could probably get a good laugh because it's a Browns draft, and they never do well. <laughs> That's also true. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how these recent picks have have. Uh, will work out for them in the future. Let's go to my number four. My number four, I'll just slide this one up the list. It was actually down further, but because you brought up Bennett Miller's directed Moneyball, he also directed 2014's Foxcatcher, which is about wrestling. Do you have any idea who I am? Some rich guy calls you on the phone. I wanted to speak with you about what you hope to achieve. What do you hope to achieve, Mark? I want to be the best in the world. Good. There's a key for you. Also, big house is off limits. Okay. Coach DuPont has a vision. He would like Foxcatcher to be the official training site for the national team. What's he get out of all this? What are you thinking? This is it. This is all that we've that we've ever wanted. Mark, you have been living in your brother's shadow your entire life. It's your time now. I promise you, I'll give you everything I have. I am leading men, and I am giving America hope. I spent my lifetime looking for a father, and I found one in John Dupont. 
This one stars Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, and Mark Ruffalo. It's about two U.S. Olympic wrestling champions, their brothers, Mark and Dave Schultz, and they join Team Foxcatcher, led by an eccentric multimillionaire named John DuPont as they train for the 1988 Olympic Games. But John's self-destructive behavior threatens to consume them all. Um, have you guys seen Foxcatcher before? I haven't, and I actually avoided it because I heard it was just the like an Oscar bait, pretty much. To me, it's a lot different than those Oscar ba- than the movies that I would call Oscar bait, like your Crashes and your Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, this one just um, man, it's it's so well acted, especially by Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo. There's one specific scene where Channing Tatum has this realistic anger filled rage and he starts like beating himself up he starts beating up the hotel room that he's in and he legitimately like cuts his head smashing his head into a mirror several times and it is like it's it's a powerhouse performance if you're sitting there and you're thinking Channing Channing Tatum can't act watch this movie and it will prove you wrong Steve Carell to me is kind of the weaker link even though he's not bad he's just not as good as the other two and he has this prosthetic nose that kind of makes him look like a real life grew from despicable me <laughs> it's it's still good even with that kind of distracting look that he has um and it's beautifully shot too bennett miller was nominated for best director for this and moneyball so you know that the guy can direct yeah give this a shot it's it's all about wrestling and training for that u.s olympic squad it's i wouldn't say it's a good time but it's definitely interesting so that's my number four fox catcher Well, then, my number four is A Knight's Tale. Someday, I'll be a knight. Yes, William. If he believes enough, a man can do anything. We could do this. In one month, we could be on our way to glory and riches none of us ever dreamed of. You can't even joust. I think he's getting worse. He is getting worse. I won't spend the rest of my life as nothing. You have to be of noble birth to compete. So we lie. My lords, my ladies. I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights. William Thatcher didn't make the rules. He was born. I've waited my whole life for this moment. To break them. Yes! Thank you, I'll be here all week. Well, that was different. And you are Ulrich von Lichtenstein from Gelderland. For Ulrich von Lichtenstein, I would have him win my heart. You're my favorite knight. He's won four tournaments in a row. On a horse, that man is unbeatable. You're just a silly boy with a horse and a stick. Not your traditional sport, but it is about jousting. It's a rags to riches story. You got a squire who takes the place of his master who has passed away. And he was one win away from winning the tournament. So uh, the squire decides to take his gun to spot. And he ends up playing this spot uh, throughout the whole movie. And eventually he gets to stardom. And he's not poor no more. (laughs) Yeah, this is is definitely one sport that I did not think at all about when I was uh, coming up with my list. Yeah, I was just, it was actually whenever we were going through my DVDs to look for something to watch, and I happened to pass by it, I was like, oh, I love this movie. That's definitely going on my list. Stars Heath Ledger, and oh, I'm trying to 
think about who is in there. I think um, Paul Bettany's in there too, yeah? Yeah, he's the one that has to get naked all the time because he can't stop betting. Yeah. So don't bet, kids. Don't (laughs) bet unless you're good at it. (laughs) And then it also has Alan Tudyk from, uh, what's that one sci-fi series I've never seen, Firefly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of uh, William's mates in there. But yeah, I, I just it's so simple. A rags to riches. It's just really like charming. That's what I really like about it. Yeah, the other thing I remember about this, I've only seen it the one time that I saw it in theaters, but it has a lot of like modern music too, doesn't it? Yeah, that was like a, a like a director's choice just to be like, yeah, you know what? We kind of just don't care. We're just gonna put that in. And a lot of critics didn't like that in particular, but. I mean, if you're going to do something like a thematic choice, you either go all in or just don't include it at all. Directed by um, Brian Helgeland, who also did uh, Payback with Mel Gibson, which I thought was actually a pretty decent movie. Never seen that one. If you do see it, watch the director's cut. There's uh, there's two cuts. There was the theatrical one and the director's cut. Both have been released on disc and the director's cut is just way better. All right, Jonah, what you got for number four? All right, my number four is entirely because it's a childhood movie to me, so it always sits near and dear to my heart. It's The Blind Side. I'm not cutting, I'm just asking. Let me tell you something, all right? We have been sitting around here for over an hour, and when I look around, all I see are people shooting the bull and drinking coffee. How can I help you? Oh, he was first. No, you go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Me too. You're right. Excuse me? You're right? How those words taste coming out of your mouth? Mike Vinegar. Who is that, SJ? Big Mike. He goes to high school here. What is he wearing? It's below freezing. Do you have any place to stay tonight? Don't you dare lie to me. Was this a bad idea? What's the big deal? It's just for one night. It is just for one night, right, Leanne? Tell me just one thing I should know about you. I don't like to be called Big Mike. Leah, is this another one of your charities? We need to find out more about his past. He's been enrolled in seven different institutions. His grade point average begins with zero. He needs to do better in school. I'd love to work with him. This is mine? Yes, sir. Never had one before. Want a room to yourself? I bet. Cut somewhat edited story of Michael Orr and his, you know, development into a football player. Uh, It's got Sandra Bullock in it. Who doesn't love Sandra Bullock? and Tim McGraw and then Quentin Aaron is played as Michael Orr. I guess it was just one of the earliest sports movies I ever watched. And around this time was when my uh, brother was starting to play football. And I think because I, at the time when my brother started playing, I had no idea like anything about football. And so we watched this together. And I think it just is kind of a special like connection that me and my brother have with watching this movie. Um, and I just kind of like the story of it, even though it's not entirely true of what happened to Michael Orr. I think it's just a nice story of just kind of giving a overall explanation of kind of what he went through, not just, you know, developing as a football player, but also as a student and with his family. So, yeah, it's just kind of a little childhood movie that I've always loved. My mom loves Sandra Bullock, and this is one of those ones that came out when I was working at the theater, so I'm very familiar with it. And what do you think <laughs> about it? Uh, I mean, personally, I think that's okay. I mean, Sandra Bullock was great, and she was definitely the, the, the best part of it. 
Yeah, this one I still haven't seen. Um, and I think, you know, much like you with uh, with Foxcatcher, this one to me seemed like Oscar bait, which worked because I'm pretty sure uh, she won she Best win, Actress yeah. for this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's one reason why I haven't seen it. But well reviewed. And um, yeah, if you're looking for a football movie to watch, uh, Jonas's check out Blindside. My number three, I'm going to go towards the ice. We're going to go to hockey and specifically to a movie called Youngblood from 1986. I've been offered a tryout with Hamilton Mustangs. I gotta play junior if I'm ever gonna play pro. All the scouts are gonna be there. Dean Youngblood scored 92 goals this year so far for the Stanton Flyers. Get him a uniform. The doctor is here. New uniforms for the playoffs? Wanna go, pretty boy? Come on. You gotta play it according to their rules. Stand in the fire. Maybe I made a mistake about you. What do you think? If I don't sign a pro contract next couple of years, I'm through. What if it had been you? What if it was you? Wake up, superstar. We're in this together. You're a team, a family. You need it here, and you never quit, ever. Youngblood, directed by Peter Markle, who is probably best known for Hot Dog, the movie from 1984. This one has an awesome cast. I mean, it's got Rob Lowe as Dean Youngblood, and then it's got Patrick Swayze, Cynthia Gibb, Ed Lauder, and a very young Keanu Reeves. Ooh, awesome cast. A skilled hockey prospect hoping to attract the attention of professional scouts is pressured to show that he can fight if challenged during his stay in a Canadian minor league hockey town. Uh, When I was growing up, there were not a lot of hockey movies. And this and uh, NHL 95 on Sega Genesis were the things that got me into hockey. And, you know, when I watch it now, it doesn't really have a super realistic depiction of on ice action. but Man, when I was little, this this one tore it up to the to the point where like I got skates. And I'm in California, so we don't have like ice skates, but I was rollerblading around and and playing hockey cuz I wanted to be Dean Youngblood. This thing's definitely 80s. You got the 80s hairdo, you got the 80s music. Um you've got a good bromance between Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. If you were ever curious as to why Rob Lowe became a big star, just watch this movie. He has these like piercing eyes that are just insane. I can't believe any woman wouldn't want him uh, or any man for that reason. Thanks for the warning. You get some good wordplay between um, Rob Lowe's character and the coach. And this kind of ramps up, especially when uh, he starts dating the coach's daughter. So you got a lot of different social aspects there. Good bar fight. Just a, a solid hockey movie that I don't see brought up a lot when hockey movies are talked about. So. Yeah, if you want some good on-ice action, check out Youngblood from 1986. Yeah, that was definitely one of the harder ones to pick from was like a hockey sports movie. And I think Miracle kind of takes that uh, that spotlight away from all the other ones pretty much. Yeah, Miracle was close to, to being on my list, but I just wanted to draw some attention to uh, this this smaller hockey movie. It was between this and another one that I'll bring up on my honorable mentions. Ooh, okay. My number three movie is my uh, quotations boxing movie. It's a MMA one, actually. It's called Warrior. 
toughest kid in the neighborhood was, right? I want to know the toughest man on the planet is. That's what we're going to find out. Brendan, it's me, Pop. What are you doing here? Tommy's back. Did he say if he wants to see me? I'm proud of you, Tommy. What you did for that kid, the tank. What was I supposed to do, let him drown? Tommy Reardon, you saved my life. Look, Brendan, the bank has got to go by the new appraisal figures. You're upside down on your mortgage. How much do you need? I didn't come here for long, Frank. I was hoping that you would train me. Are you serious? Do it! I thought we agreed that we weren't going to raise our children in a family where their father gets beat up for a living. Brendan, you're a teacher. You got no business in the ring with those animals. Actually, I used to be one of those animals. He's got Joel Edgerton and uh, Tom Hardy whenever he was uh, starting to come up and be a huge star in Hollywood. And Nick Nolte was uh, nominated for his role in here. But it's about these two brothers on this uh, tailspin to eventually fight each other in the championship match. But that's only half the movie. The other half is the behind-the-scenes drama between them. Uh, Their father was an alcoholic. Mom passed away. The two brothers are separated. They're ends of how they view their dad because he was an alcoholic. One was a Marine, and he's got his own story of whether or not he went uh, AWOL from his squad. But the medium first views him as saving a different unit squad. And then you have uh, the underdog who went the, the normal Joe life. He's a teacher, and he actually loses his job doing one of these uh, street fights. And he needs the money because they're about to take the bank's about to take his house away and he's about to have a kid on the way. So a bunch of drama going on behind the scenes. Both of the brothers have something at stake whenever they enter the title fight. Normally, I don't like movies that are like real, real heavy on their drama because it's like almost like forcing you in the face of it. I just feel like it's just really well put together. It doesn't feel like it's actually like forcing you like down the throat. Hey, my dad was an alcoholic. Make me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling those emotional heartstrings. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just so easy just to be like, hey, my parents dead, my dad's an alcoholic, but whenever you actually make it into something that's actually real and relatable, then you got something special. Yeah, I really like this one as well. That's uh, Warriors from, or Warrior from 2010. Uh, Yeah. My number three is one of those movies that, from other people I've talked to, either you like it or you don't. It's a movie done by Alex and Stephen Kendrick, the Kendrick brothers, called Facing the Giants. I'm not saying he's not a good man. I'm saying he's not a good coach. Just look at the facts. We need new leadership. But died again. There are thousands of couples who are unable to have children. I feel like there are giants of fear and failure staring down at me, waiting to crush me tired of being afraid. What's the purpose of this team? Win ball games? Winning football games is too small a thing to live for. We're not here just to get glory, make money, and die. So I'm here to present you a new team philosophy. We need to give God our best in every area. And if we win, we praise Him. And if we lose, we praise Him. What are you doing? This program's going in the tank. You got a chance, man. Coach, I'm done. Now is when you lead, right now! I know you're tired. Your attitude's like the aroma of your heart. If your attitude stinks, it means your heart's not right. How's your attitude, Brock? It's fine. Then you'll be okay with the death crawl, right? Keep going, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit!
it's a religious-based movie, so to some that may be a turnoff, but even outside of that, there's a lot of just, like, perseverance virtues in this movie that I really like. So the basic story of it is Grant Taylor, a high school football coach, has a lot of just stuff going on pretty much in his life. His wife and him can't have a baby. Uh, she just has a lot of trouble being able to bear a child. And then he's been the head coach of the Shiloh Eagles for about six years, and they've never had a winning season. And there's pressure on him or on the community to get him fired. And so he decides to just kind of re-inspire his team and quit letting them be so fearful of like the competition and everything. And there's a scene in this movie that whether you watch the movie or not, please look up the scene on YouTube. Um, if you look up facing the giants, don't quit scene. Basically what it's about is they're in, on the practice field and the captain of the team is kind of not taking practice seriously and everything. And basically saying they have no shot against the team they're facing upcoming on Friday. And so what he does is he gets him on one end zone, takes one of the players and teammates that he has, puts it on his back and blindfolds him and tells him he has to crawl to the 50 with the guy on his back. And he starts crawling. And as he's getting tired, the coach is just yelling at him, don't quit, don't quit, keep going. And he ends up going all the way to the other side of the field. And it's a very powerful scene just about, you know, not quitting and not being overcome by your fears. So I just like it because of the message it gives. So, yeah, Facing the Giants, that's my third one. Facing the Giants is one that I have never heard of before, but I will definitely check it out. It's a very powerful movie. I really, really like it. All right. Number two already. My number two, um, you know what? I'll go to the uh, to the hand to hand combat here, too. We'll go with the art of self-defense from 2019. And this is a karate movie. Karate is a way of communicating. Ask me a question. What are your plans for the weekend? I'm going to do some grocery shopping and rent a film to watch in the comfort of my home. Home. That answer your question. I want you to tell me why you're here. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of other men. <laughs> I want to be what intimidates me. You came to the right place. taking my first class today. Your new white belt? Is that the first belt color? White is before color. You haven't earned color yet. Today's lesson, to kick with your fists and punch with your feet. That makes perfect sense. Good. Uh, this one's directed by Riley Stern, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Imogen Poots, and Alessandro Nivola as the uh, sensei of the dojo. So the story is, after being attacked on the street, a meek young man enlists at a local dojo led by a charismatic, mysterious sensei in an effort to learn how to defend himself from future threats. This is another one that I don't think a lot of people have heard of. This one is definitely not for everybody. Uh, like my wife walked in while I was watching it and I was just busting up laughing and she just could not connect with it. She thought I was so stupid for liking this movie. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was one of those uh, dark, dry comedies. It is. It's very dark. It's very dry. Um, 
I liken it to kind of the world of Napoleon Dynamite in that it's definitely like it's definitely not a real world, but it goes to very dark places. Uh, but it also has some big laughs. If this sounds like something that you're into, that really dark, really dry comedy, this is going to be a good time for you. Like the the one criticism I've seen is that it really doesn't know what it's going for. Like, is it a drama? Is it a comedy? But to me, it meshed both perfectly and. There's still lines to this day that me and my friend quote just because it's it's so funny to us. Um, so yeah, karate movie from 2019 called The Art of Self-Defense. Yeah, that's one of those that actually like skipped mine from last year just because it didn't come out in a theater near us at all. I mean, uh, not a lot of those indie movies come to Columbus, Georgia, which is the, the main theater around here. You mm. know, it's not like it's uh, in California or New York where we can get everything. So, yeah, it's it's real easy for those indie movies to slip by us over here. All right, number two happens to me, my hockey movie, Slapshot. I'm placing a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. Go get him, killer! It's wild. It's outrageous. It's outrageously funny. Paul Newman, Coach Reggie Dunlop in this supercharged world of hockey, invites you to meet the crazies who make it that way. The players. Murderers Row. The wives. The fans. The managers. We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Who are these guys? They brought their toys with them. And hustling them all, Paul Newman. Oh, you are very clever. Leave him. My wife left me. I was driving her crazy. Get out! You can't make him win. You're a losing coach. Okay, guys. Show us what you got. Okay, it's got Paul Newman in it. He's playing a coach at this minor league hockey team. And his career is kind of at a standstill. Not really going anywhere. Marriage is in shambles. He's a depressed old man. So he gets news that the team is about to be sold. And he pretty much just says, okay, I got these new guys. Uh, we're just going to hit everyone. And it's extremely funny. It came out in the 70s, you know, down whenever the, the R-rated raunchy comedies were in their heyday. And it's still funny today. And a lot of the, I love that the, a lot of the fights are actually based on real hockey moments that have happened. And it, it just all blends together really well. And he, uh, I believe it's the same director from Butch Cassidy. And these two made a great team. Did you know that there are three Slapshot movies? There was a Slapshot 2 and a Slapshot 3. I didn't know there was a third one, actually. <laughs> I have never seen two or three, but uh, they are not well reviewed. So it's probably worth it to skip them. <laughs> um, Slapshot is, is one of those like classic hockey movies. And it was definitely tough to leave it off my list. All right, over to Jonah, number two for you, my friend. All right, my number two is finally not a football movie. <laughs> it is 42, uh, the story of Jackie Robinson. The world's not so simple anymore. I guess it never was. We ignored it. Now we can't. Brooklyn, 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 we go on. 
You Jackie Robinson? I really, really enjoyed this movie for several reasons. Obviously, with some of the actors, you know, Chadwick Boseman playing Jackie Robinson, Harrison Ford as the manager for the Dodgers, Branch Rickey. I think they both did a fantastic job. Obviously, this movie shows just, you know, the, the color barrier that was going on in the world at the time, specifically in sports. And I liked even outside of everything that Jackie had to go through, which I think is a very important thing to see. It also showed the manager, his point of view in all of it. And the fact that he had to make this decision and he got blasted for it as well. And I think it showed a lot of physical and mental strength with both of them, specifically with Robinson and everything that he had to go through. And then just to make such a giant impact on the game of baseball, this is a very powerful movie to me. I think it isn't just like, you know, showing how much we've kind of grown, but just shows what they had to go through at that time and how terrible it was. So yeah, 42 is definitely one of my favorite sports movies. Yeah. And this one uh, actually also written and directed by the same guy who did Knight's Tale. So we've got that hey. uh, thread there as well. On to my number one, and I'm going to continue the baseball theme here. I did save this one for last because it's my favorite sports movie of all time. It's from 1993, The Sandlot. I know you're smart, and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. Now he's in. Yeah! All right! With the coolest guys in the neighborhood. They've got the look. Wendy Peppercorn. Wow. Hey, girls. They've got the moves. They've got the rap. Blockhead! Geek! Jerk! Idiot! Moron! You bop grapples in the toilet! And you like it! You play ball like a girl! This one directed by David Mickey Evans. Yeah, everybody knows The Sandlot. Um, mm-hmm. Starring a bunch of child actors, Tom Guiri, Mike Vitar, Patrick Renna, Chauncey Leopardi, Marty York. Also starring James Earl Jones and Dennis Leary. The story is, in the summer of 1962, a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team, resulting in many adventures. Um, This one, to me, was it was the ultimate summer kids movie, because when I was growing up, I was all about baseball Um, and fun story. So this is actually the very first movie when this movie came out uh, in 1993. I was 11 years old. I this is the first movie that I ever asked a girl out to a movie to see with me. And like I was going to have my mom drive me there and and pick her up and then we'd go to the movie and she straight up stood me up. It was the first time I've ever been stood up on a date. I know. And I was, you know, I was like 12 years old or whatever. And watching this movie, it made me realize like. I don't care, like this is this is my summer, like I'm 12 and I can have an awesome time just like riding my bike or whatever. I don't need to be worried about this girl who stood me up. 
it was just uh, brings you back to a time when like dogs can be monsters and riding your bike could take you to an amazing adventure. And it's about those friendships. It's it's not really about like winning or losing. It's just about being 12 and and having like baseball be a part of who you are. And this is one of those movies that I cannot wait to watch with my kid when he's of age and he starts getting into baseball. It's one of those movies that I can watch any time it's on. Um, it's just a just a great movie overall. That's uh, The Sandlot from 1993. That's my number one movie, my, my number one sports movie of all time. That's probably the only baseball movie that baseball lovers and non-baseball lovers can actually agree on and love together. Yeah, it's just a, such a good movie. And, and the chemistry between the kids is outstanding, too. Like it just reminds you of how you used to talk as a kid. Oh, fun fact, by the way, I think there's actually like a, I think there are Sandlot um, sequels too. I actually have seen one of those and it's definitely not as good as first. <laughs> there are three Sandlot movies. You got Sandlot 2 and then Sandlot Heading Home, which both sound terrible. I, I can't remember because I remember seeing it on one of the channels. I think it might have been Disney Channel that did one of the sequels. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, let's just put on the original. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sounds awful. Well, my number one is also a baseball movie. It is Bull Durham. What do you believe in there? Well, I believe in the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last for three days. Come on. Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. I love winning, man. You hear what I'm saying? like better than losing these are the ground rules i hook up with one guy a season usually takes a couple weeks to pick the guy kind of my own spring training it's cold in here you think dwight gooden leaves his socks on god sucker teed off in that like he knew i was gonna throw a fastball he did know i told him Honey, I want you to wear these when you're pitching on the road. They're garters. Rose goes in the front, big guy. And if not for Moneyball, this would probably be my favorite written sports movie. But it's still very good nonetheless. It's got Kevin Costner, you know, also from Draft Day. And he's playing a veteran catcher, Crash Davis. Uh, much like Paul Newman in Slapshot, he's kind of just full mediocrity. Uh, home life, not really that well. And... He's kind of taken he's taken this pitcher, a very young pitcher under his wing as a young prodigy looking to make it into the major leagues one day. And it's really just about him teaching him like the love of baseball and just life in general. And they also got this other main character, Annie, who is the mascot for the team. And she's got this uh, goal that she's going to sleep with a new player every year. You know, very great role model. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's just her whole thing is just trying to find someone to actually like commit to. So you got all three of these characters. They, they both eventually fall for her. And that's one of the plot points, but uh, it's really just about him teaching the, this young, I think it's Tim Robbins and just teaching him about life in general. Very funny, just like Slapshot. And one of my favorite moments is <laughs> whenever he actually uh, calls for the breaks and they go to the, the mound to do the meetup. And instead of talking about anything about baseball, it's just everything but it. And it's, it's just great. It's, I love it. This one came up for me too, as as an honorable mention. And Criterion has an awesome disc of this. So you know, if you're into Bull Durham, you can't get a better package than the Criterion disc that's out. 
Well, I'm glad I know that now because I'll be looking forward to that. All right. Well, my number one also has Kevin Costner in it. It's a sport that I don't believe we've actually talked about yet. It's called McFarland USA. Welcome to McFarland. This is a farming town. These kids working here are invisible. They come from the fields and they go back to the fields. Mr. White, if we're gonna reach him, now's the time. Have a good day. I'm Coach White, the new PE teacher. Diaz, Diaz, Diaz. Popular name where you guys come from? White, is that a popular name where you come from? <laughs> All right, run a lap, go. Yeah. Cross country running. California is holding their first state championship this year. You do understand we don't have a cross country team? Yep. You've coached cross country before? No. You competed in high school, maybe? No. Well, you sound perfect. It's about cross country is kind of the sport for it, um, which is big to me because I ran cross country when I was in middle school and high school. I'm curious, have either of y'all even heard of that movie? Yeah, it came out of, well, like 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, it's one of those ones I, I had never seen, but it was definitely one I was looking to, uh, to watch. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So basically what it's about is Kevin Costner plays a track coach. His name is Jim White. And he ends up going to a high school to become a teacher, and it's predominantly Latina. And it's in the California area. And he ends up teaching a lot of these latino kids and he ends up realizing that they run from home to school they don't have anybody that can take them you know to drive them there or anything and so eventually he decides to form a cross-country team and it shows a lot of him getting closer to his students and working with them to become good runners and he's actually never been a cross-country coach before this so this kind of just dawned on him and it also kind of shows what the latino community was kind of going through this one day where he ends up deciding to go with them at six to go work into the fields for a bit so he kind of tries to learn more about them their life in order for them to accept him more so it's just a, an interesting dynamic between the two and this is a movie that, like I said, I ran cross country and me and my dad watched this for the first time when it came out together and I was still ru running cross country at the time. So maybe that's why it's my favorite, but it's just a very different movie. There's not many good cross country movies out there. So that's probably why it's my number one. Yeah, we got some really good lists here today. Um, before we get to our runners up, I wanted to kind of acknowledge two things. So number one, Kevin Costner is in a ton of sports movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently we love him. And he does a good job too. And like Field of Dreams, which is one of my favorite baseball movies, wasn't even mentioned. And he was in For the Love of the Game. He was in, like we said, Bull Durham, which we mentioned. Uh, there's just, yeah, just a ton of sports movies that he's in. And then um, the other thing that I, that I kind of realized is that kids sports movies just kind of fell off. Like there was a big period in the 90s where kids sports movies were just a thing like Little Giants and Rookie of the Year and The Sandlot. And now they don't really make those anymore. And I really wish they would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were actually a great part of our youth. Actually, I didn't really think about that. Air Bud. There we go. Childhood right there. <laughs> Air Bud did not make the cut. <laughs> 
Uh, what were some of those runners up? What were some of those honorable mentions that you had that didn't make the list? We'll start with uh, Josh. Uh, my first one was Jerry Maguire, and I was actually going to put it on here, but uh, I found it. I think it was on Hulu, I think, and I watched it. And uh, I mean, I still love parts of it, but it's the whole romance part that I don't really care for, and it takes up a big chunk of the movie. Uh, I did, it, was, it was one of those ones I saw when I was younger, and I loved it then, just because it was a new perspective. And kind of like how Jonah was saying about draft day, about the behind-the-scenes process of some of the football stuff. Uh, Jerry Maguire is an agent, and he's trying to help his one client that he still has left get a new contract as a deeper receiver played by Cuba Gooding Jr., his best role by far. And the dynamic between them two, it's perfect. It's great. But the romance part kind of kept it out for me. Uh, Jonah, did you have any runners-up? Yeah, a lot of the runners-up that I had we've already discussed, but the one that I will bring up is Concussion with Will Smith. This movie, like, was real close simply because just the entire storyline is about a doctor that's trying to, it seems that he hates football and he's trying to fight against the NFL because he's trying to piece together why all these players are either kind of going a bit crazy, they're killing themselves, and he ends up kind of relating it all back to concussions and he kind of puts the NFL like in the spotlight and forces them to improve their helmet to be able to fight against getting concussions all the time. It probably just missed because it is kind of darker. Um, and it's not one of those movies that like, like I'm glad I've watched it before, but I'm not going to be like, Ooh, I kind of want to watch concussion today, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Will Smith did a great job in that movie. And I think it's a good, little message for you know the nfl so yeah that's kind of my main honorable mention i had a couple uh goon was the hockey movie that i was referring to earlier starring sean william scott as a as an enforcer on the ice which is uh really fun field of dreams almost made it which we already mentioned movie called paper lion which is an nfl movie i think it might have been like one of the first football movies from 1968 and then uh days of thunder with tom cruise nascar movie and then finally, um, it was really tough to leave off like Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues. But yeah, for me, I just feel like that genre of football movie where it's like the town really likes football and you guys got to push yourselves to be first is really overdone kind of. And they all kind of blend together for me. So that's why that didn't make the list. I'm glad you mentioned Goon because I was going back and forth between that Slapshot and Goon is very much inspired by Slapshot. But either it way, is, they're both yeah. very good. Yeah, good movies there. Thank you for coming to the table prepared and, and having some some good sports movies to talk about. I hope that everybody has some movies that you can, uh, you know, go search on streaming services and find a good sports movie to watch tonight. Now it's time to kind of plug your stuff. So we've got JJ Talks, the, the podcast, and obviously we know it's some real football content. Uh, what else can you tell us about the podcast? What do you have coming up that you're excited about? Give us a little more about JJ Talks. Well, uh, most of our stuff is going to be uh, covering the news and just our personal takes on everything. But during the, hopefully the season happens, we'll have weekly predictions. We'll, we have bets going on currently between Jonah and I. And we're actually wrapping up our very first NFL trivia tournament. It's between our friends. But we're looking to start a podcaster's tournament uh, to actually help us grow and you know help the, the whole podcasting community as a whole. Uh, we're looking to get that one started soon. And that's pretty much it. 
And you can find JJ Talks on pretty much any platform for podcasts, right? Yeah, just, uh, Apple, Spotify is the main ones. But uh, I mean, it, I think by now with the, the RSS feed, you know, it kind of just goes everywhere now. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So that's JJ Talks. Go seek out that podcast and get your football news there. And like you, I hope that the season happens. Remember, anybody can be a guest on this show. The only requirement is that you love movies. If you have a five list that you want to tackle, sports reference there, you can email me directly at force5podcasts at gmail.com or head to the website force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related content. Until next time, watch movies. What I need is a woman who can think and fight and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> Force 5.